The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Thursday, November 30th. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, uh, due to the Chiefs' awful schedule, we've got another Sunday night football game on tap this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, we were trying to figure out if the Chiefs in a couple weeks are a candidate to be moved back. They have the New England Patriots, and the Patriots have had just such a, a grand fall from grace, but it's always weighing whether or not ESPN would want to give up Kansas City. We did see the Chiefs flexed out last year when they were playing the Broncos on Sunday night, but does it take a different type of game to be flexed out of a day for the first time ever? We'll see. Uh, I, I'm not sure. We'll end up uh, seeing about it, but uh, could be one of the final primetime games or you know, for, for Kansas City here uh, as we go, so good to get it in, and I think it should be a good matchup against the Packers on Sunday. The Patriots are 2-9 and nine right now. Um and they boast one of the absolute worst offenses in the NFL. Mac Jones yeah. is falling apart. It might be Bailey Zappi. It might be Malik Cunningham. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be in that game at this point. This is the first year that you can flex out of Monday Night Football. It has to happen, I believe it's 12 days in advance. So if that does take place, we should be finding that out soon. I believe we're, we're getting close to that, that number or closer. I'm just being grumpy too. I like Sunday night football. We just, <laughs> it's just this schedule has been rough. Can we get a noon kickoff? Can we get a surprise yeah, noon kickoff listen, for that Patriots it's, game? It's, you can be honest. It's just me and you talking here. I mean, I, that's, <laughs> that's fine. You're tired. It's the end of the year. I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs do take on the surging Packers on Sunday night football. And uh, the injury report actually kind of has a lot of names right now for both sides. I, I think there's uh, a few more questionable players for the Green Bay Packers. They've been kind of banged up all season. But on uh, Wednesday, Andy Reid announced that the Chiefs were activating Nick Bolton's 21-day practice window. He did return to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Uh, I'm assuming there's no chance Nick Bolton's probably going to be available for this game. But I think Chiefs fans should be encouraged that He's already back at practice. This was initially something that I I think we all thought was going to kind of take till, till the end of the year for him to really get back on the field and maybe be available for a playoff run. But 
if they can get him back here in the next couple of weeks, the Chiefs defense will get another boost as they try to make this playoff run and hopefully clinch a number one seed in the AFC. It sounds like he was like itching to go. When you play somebody on IR, usually, you know, that well, not usually, it just means that they have to miss the next four games before they do anything again. And it kind of sounded like he might have even been ready last week to at least get back on the field. But he was back on the field yesterday. I mentioned on a few podcasts, if you wanted to, to see Bolton, Aaron Ladd, who works for KSHB and, and us does stuff at Arrowhead Pride right here in the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. He has a video of Bolton. Uh, we also put it in the website uh, at arrowheadpride.com if you want to see what he looks like. And he's in club mode right now. And, and that, that doesn't mean he's going out with his friends and, and, and sipping on, on any any drinks, Steve. That, that means he has a gigantic <laughs> club for an arm uh, that goes up to his uh, fingers. You know, it's, it's, it is a wrist uh, correction. So uh, it's protecting that wrist. Uh, and I, I tend to think that when he does return, at least for a game or two, he'll have that. But you're right. The Chiefs are always ultra cautious here. Just because he's practicing this week doesn't necessarily mean he'll be activated. I don't anticipate him to play uh, in this game. But, um, you know, as we were mentioning, you look at the next week and, you know, if everything goes well this week and you get to the second week and things are trending in the right direction. I think next week could be a possibility for him. Uh, Chiefs are 21 days uh, starting now. Now it's 20 days. Uh, to activate him and so it'll happen sometime in the next three weeks probably not this week and then i i think it'll be the next week or the week after that but i tend to think week week two after returning to practice is usually um the chief's mo when it comes to these longer-ish uh returnable injuries during the season and the chiefs do have kind of a lengthy injury report this week but that that's really not out of the norm for the way they've played it this season they've been really cautious with all injuries and and making sure that they're listed like you know they don't want it and atlanta falcons situation where Bijan robinson has a headache and, and just doesn't play and there's no no mention of it or anything on the injury report like happened earlier in the season but uh, this week, Donovan Smith listed on the injury report, Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, LeJerry Steed, and Brian Cook all on the injury report, but all listed as full participants on Wednesday. So it's a good sign for all of their availability. Uh, Donovan Smith obviously uh, left the game last week for a little bit, but was able to return. And then Jarek McKinnon did not practice on Wednesday with a groin injury. Yeah, it, it, I've noticed that there are longer injury reports ever since that, that game that we were talking about with, with Joe Burrow and the non-disclosure. And you wonder in those situations, was there a, a league representative? And I, I know this is getting a little tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. You know, I'm teetering, but uh, you wonder if one of those officials called around the, the NFL and said, listen, uh, you need to be putting everything on these reports. It could be the littlest treatment. You know, if, if it's a Band-Aid to a hand, um, that could go on. Because I did, I have noticed that across the league, these injury reports are longer. Um, I did have another uh, point about um, the Donovan Smith uh injury last game where he came out for a few snaps Wanya Morris got in and this uh is a few snaps but I know the the diehard Chiefs fans have been putting it out on Twitter what he was able to do Andy Reid yesterday said he, he thought Wanya Morris played well he, he looked physical I mean what else is he going to say but I think that's a, a sign um you know for to come and don't forget uh Donovan Smith in a way is this like one year veteran rental to provide Wanya Morris this redshirt year and, and he's expected to potentially be left tackle in the future left tackle maybe of 2024 uh and if you can as we've seen brett beach do deep get digging deeper here get a lot of these starters on rookie contracts out of allows you to maybe go spend a little bit 
more on what would be uh, Steve, a a veteran proven in his prime wide receiver that everybody wants. And so that's like a storyline within a storyline uh, as we go for the future. But good to see the Donovan Smith lot of full, full participation. I think, you, you know, you want your starting lineman at this point. They're not going to do any crazy changes toward the end of the year, but a, a, a sign, a positive sign in the right direction for uh, somebody who's expected to potentially be a starter next year in Wanya Morris. Yeah, it's interesting. And if you haven't seen the clips, I encourage you to go try to find those on Twitter um, because Juan E. Morris in a very limited uh, snap count did look really good. Four or five, yeah. Um, he, he did look really good in that limited action. And I I can't stress this enough. That would just be a huge, huge win for the Chiefs if he winds up being their left tackle of the future, if they find that guy in the mid rounds of the draft and they can kind of stop playing this uh, musical chairs well, at that tackle position with these cheap yeah. veteran contracts. Well, well, you get a you get a starting left tackle on a on a three year rookie deal, right? Like that's been you, you know so much is made about how good um, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith have been. What makes that whole situation just even better, even like magnified, is that they don't cost anything. And so if they landed another one, and we'll see, this is more of a 2024 storyline. <laughs> We're still in yeah. the thick of the uh, NFL season, but um, that's just a huge advantage in the team building category. So we'll see what happens with the one year. I think another thing to monitor this week, we talked about the kind of weird injury status of Kadarius Tony last week. He was listed on the injury report ahead of the game against the Raiders with an ankle injury, but was a full participant all week long. And then on Saturday uh, popped up with the hip injury and was immediately ruled out. Uh, he was a full participant on Wednesday. We'll continue to monitor his status this week, but I would have to imagine two weeks in a row, if he's listed on the injury report, but manages to log full participation practices that he's got a chance to go on Sunday night. I would assume a little weird. Uh, this one uh, never has logged a limited participation uh, in between Friday and uh, Wednesday. He had missed the game on Sunday uh, and it was ruled out on Saturday. And so I don't know if his injuries, his ailments were a little bit tender and, you know, just because of the player and missing all kinds of games, if there's any discomfort, maybe there's like a shorter leash when it comes to Tony, but I'm tending to think that's what happened. Uh, anyway, uh, from what I know and from what the reports have been saying, you would expect him to be able to go in some capacity. Uh, maybe it's more that, that gadget 12 to 15 play type thing um, on Sunday night. Uh, you know, it, I, I'll tell you this, Steve, I'm always cautious to hit somebody with the injury prone stamp, especially when they're young, because sometimes I think you can get unlucky. Um, and then, you know, you go on to have a, a, a healthy career. Hell, uh, Travis Kelsey missed the first year of his career with, with a season long injury. And, you know, had we been in year two and just said, oh, we had another injury prone player and he might not have the legendary career that he, that he did, but. Man, it's just hard to argue with Kadarius Tony and just his his body's ability to 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 hold up. I mean, it really is. And so, um, we in the off season, I think we're leaning into the idea that you could run your offense through Kelsey and Kadarius could be your number one wide receiver. And I I think nobody doubts the talent of that. But as you you know, as we were talking about team building before. You can't build your team around a player who just simply for whatever reason, and it's been all sorts of different elements, just can't stay on the field. You know, I, I think he can be a 
role player. I think he deserves a spot on an NFL team. But when it comes to the game planning week by week, the, the durability is just too low for you to really, um, like I said, lean into him on some someone you can count on a week in and week out basis. So I think it's per- changed my perspective on Tony because I, I think before I was I was along, I was buying into the idea that the team was putting out that he could be a number one. But now I, I think you kind of almost have to look at him as when he's available, maybe he can be a bonus and give you a spark. Um, and, and when he's not, you got to have things in place for you to be successful on offense. I, I tend to think, you know, the team would never say that, but I tend to think they're probably thinking along the same lines at this point. Yeah, I, I tend to believe that, you know, we, we've seen Andy Reid uh, recently just kind of say like, yeah, we uh, weren't confident that he could take a hit or, you know, we're just bringing him along really slowly, making sure he can stay on the field and stay healthy. Like we don't really hear Andy Reid uh, talk about players like that. Like usually he just says like, oh, we're just going to see what he can do today and we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like and he usually doesn't give you anything like it, it tends to make me think that they're well aware of his injury issues and, and and his history but like just looking back to the moments when he has been 100% healthy and when they have been able to deploy him as a weapon like in that game against the Eagles as kind of that gadget player as the return man like you could see the potential there the problem is we just get these little micro doses of it and then he gets hurt again and i, I think that's been the biggest frustrating thing like it, it reminds me of like Percy Harvin with the Seattle Seahawks. And it's like kind of at this point where you don't even need to get anything from him in the regular season, really. Hopefully you you found something with Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey and, and Rasheed Rice. And hopefully you can just get him ready for the playoffs and he can contribute well, in, in meaningful ways in key moments of the season. Yeah, and I, I know that they were had him at punt return for a second and then like kind of limited him there. And I don't know. I just feel like if, if his injury situation is always preventing him from being a big part of the offense when he's available just put him at returner right i mean he clearly is is the he can make an impact there weapon. easy yeah he's he's clearly the most dangerous weapon when it comes to returner and so you know if you're only going to play him in the 15 to 20 play range i mean mike this is crazy to say but if he might he might get hurt anyway why not try to utilize him to his maximum capability and you know just see you know what he can do um i hope i'm wrong here i you know whenever i have these these takes where you know i'm, I'm kind of teetering along a line something I, I i don't love to i always say that i i hope i'm wrong and you know maybe he comes back this week steve and plays 17 games in a row for the chiefs but uh like i said I, history has told us otherwise and so i think when he is available just use him for what he does best which is just have, has the ball in open space and um you know can can do do stuff on the football field with the ball in his hands and not a lot of other players can. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It, it's just a matter, I think, of, you know, he's not a player at this point that you can deploy for like 80% of the snaps. And I think the yeah. Chiefs are well aware of that, but find ways to get him on the field and, and utilize what he can do. And I think uh, as the return guy, I think that that's really something that we've seen that that is a potentially special part of his game where he could really contribute. Uh on the Packers side, there's a lot of question marks for them ahead of this game. And I already mentioned, like, they've been pretty banged up all throughout the season. Uh, headed into this game, they've got a very long injury report. Uh, running back A.J. Dillon did not practice on Wednesday. Running back Aaron Jones did not practice on Wednesday. Rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed, who has really flashed some potential, 
did not practice on Wednesday. They've got uh, ahead of this game, and I'll, I'll get into some of the other injuries because they've got a lot on defense, too, that could impact this game. But ahead of this game, there's got to be a legitimate concern about their running back situation because they've already been very thin there. They also lost their third string running back a couple of weeks ago. I believe he went to IR. And they added James Robinson in this past week because they don't have enough bodies in that running back room. So now with A.J. Dillon banged up, it seems like Aaron Jones probably is going to be out this game, I would imagine, because he's been banged up all season long. If A.J. Dillon can't go in this one, this Green Bay team might be down to James Robinson, potentially, is their starting running back on Sunday night football. Yeah, it's it's wild to see. Um, if you've been following the Packers all, all year long, though, it's not like they've gotten a ton of production out of the running back room and they've been able to manage a five and six record anyway and uh, i think aj Dillon's probably going to push to play and he'll be the starter if not but you're right um and i and i just think but because of that point and the, the lack of production that they've got out of the running back room for injury and otherwise um i actually think Jaden reed potentially being unavailable is more important i mean he has been uh, someone that they've described as a dog recently, like being able to bulldoze his way uh, you know, through opposing defenses. He's a, a really good young player, and he's, he's lesser known. And everybody kind of knows about Christian Watson at this point from some of that uh, back and forth with Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers was still a member of, of the Packers. But Jaden Reed has kind of had this hiding in plain sight breakout rookie season and if he can't go i actually think that that's a bigger deal at this point um than running back just because you know we've had these deeper conversations about the league as a whole and, and running back even in a short week even in a week where you have to get the offense down like a james robinson coming in um i just think that it's a bigger impact when one of the receivers who you've been relying on as a go-to target uh, isn't available so i'll be watching Jaden reed and then like you mentioned, the other one is Alexander uh, at cornerback. You know, if they weren't able to have him in this game, uh, and especially with the Chiefs offense kind of finding itself with this downfield passing, uh, that is going to be a huge disadvantage. So it's it's weird. I know that they're down to like their seventh running back, but I, I think bigger concerning thing for Green Bay is that wideout with Reed and then cornerback with Alexander. Yeah, and Jair Alexander, when healthy, is still one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He's been really banged up this season. He did not play on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Green Bay also kind of monitoring the status. A linebacker, Devondre Campbell, who's been banged up this season. Uh, Defensive lineman, Kenny Clark. Seems like he'll be good to go, but he was also a limited participant on Wednesday um eric stokes and darnell savage uh two dbs for the green bay packers are both on injured reserve but they opened their practice window so they could be available on sunday night but monitoring the status uh, of those guys moving forward and we'll have everything you need to know at arrowheadpride.com but the green bay packers definitely have a lengthy injury list uh but before we get out of here pete i want to mention this because i thought this was an interesting note from uh, yesterday's press availability and we'll hear from the coordinators later on this afternoon so make sure you're on the lookout for that for that uh on the arrowhead pride podcast network but patrick mahomes was asked about you know playing at lambeau field and returning to lambeau and he mentioned and this is something i just i guess i just hadn't even realized He's never actually played football at Lambeau Field. He's been there a couple wow. of times during the preseason, but as he mentioned, it, it's always like the it's always the last preseason game, and it seems like that has been the case for the Chiefs o- over the last few years. So he's never even like actually taken a snap on at Lambeau Field. So I, I think 
that's something like just for like betting fantasy, like that kind of plays into this a little bit. Like Mahomes uh, under the lights, Lambeau Field. It might be a snow game on Sunday night football. We know that he loves snow games. Like I, I just feel like maybe we're going to get a really good Patrick Mahomes performance on Sunday night. Yeah, and I, I think he's a player that actually is like well aware of everything that's being said as well. Um, doesn't only talk about it at the podium, but uh, he was asked, you can go back and listen on from the podium, but he was asked about um, whether he knew that the Chiefs control their own destinies. And he kind of, <laughs> in a nice way, rolled his eyes and like sort of said, of course, you know, and I think he knows where he is at in the MVP race. It's a four quarterback race uh, at this stage. And I think he would like to win another MVP. And we know how the MVP works. If he's going to win a second uh, straight MVP, he's going to have to do so by being far and beyond the other candidates because the voters like to always kind of give a new story in that award. So if you're going to repeat, you have to just blow the others away. And he's far from that, you know, at this stage. He could use one of those vintage Mahomes games where he throws for three and change and like four or five touchdowns. And why not Lambeau Field for your first time playing there, uh, you know, as historic and, and right there with, with Arrowhead Stadium, you know, when it comes to great stadiums in the NFL, and this will be his first opportunity to play on Sunday Night Football, and those everybody will be watching. This is kind of shaping up to be one of those Patrick Mahomes proving to the rest of, um, you know, the world that he deserves to be Number one in the MVP odds, not among four players. Yeah, and the Green Bay Packers have been coming on lately, and they're really starting to put it together for the youngest team in the NFL. This is what you want to see from them mid to late season if you're a Packers fan. But I, I think this Chiefs team is, is another monster. Um, I, I think the Chiefs are right there with some of the other teams that we talk about in the NFL right now, like the Dallas Cowboys and the way that they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens. And I just feel like this is setting up really nicely for come Monday morning, the Kansas city chiefs to be atop the AFC uh, again this week. So We'll see how that plays out on Sunday Night Football. As always, stay locked into arrowheadpride.com for everything you need to know about your Kansas City Chiefs. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PGSween. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will be back tomorrow morning with a live Friday edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.